Hello, and welcome to the Student Ministry Conversations podcast with your hosts, Brent Aiken, David Pruitt, and Russell Martin. This podcast is all about equipping, encouraging, and inspiring youth pastors weekly with topics that are brought to the table by youth pastors from all over the world. And now, here's your host for this week, Brent Aiken. Welcome to the podcast. If this is your first time listening to us, we want to welcome you and invite you over to our website, studentministryconversation.org, where you can find all of our previous episodes, show notes, and blog articles. Our goal is that you are inspired, encouraged, and that the things you hear on this podcast can equip you to be a better student pastor for the church that you're serving in. Today, we are sitting down with an old volunteer from a previous youth group of mine. Her name is Stephanie Thorne, and we are going to talk about student ministry from a volunteer's perspective today. So without any more to do, here's my conversation with Stephanie Thorne. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I am sitting down with a friend of mine um, that honestly, it's been way too long, but today we are sitting down with Stephanie Thorne. Um, Stephanie was a volunteer of mine at my last church. Um, One of my best friends while we lived there, Um, and honestly, just a awesome person to be around. But today she's sitting down with us to talk about student ministry from a volunteer's perspective. But before we get started, Stephanie, tell us about yourself, uh, where you are, what you do, family, anything else you want to throw in? Um, I am a teacher in Fairfield, uh, Texas. I have, um, we've got three kids. My oldest is 27. I have a 20 year old and my youngest is now six is 16. And so I, uh, we figured up at one point I was going to have 18 consecutive years of volunteering in youth. (laughs) So, um, so we're kind of the tail end of that. Um, we, uh, I, uh, teach elementary, uh, reading intervention and dyslexia. And I've worked with the youth group for a lot of years and, I guess that's, that's me. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, like I said, she was uh, a big part of the youth program when I was there, but she was a big part of the youth group before I was there. And then she has continued to be a part of that youth group uh, long after I had left that church as well. And so in your, like you said, 18 years of youth ministry that you will be volunteering, um, <laughs> What roles have you specifically done? Because you've done a lot. So I just want to kind of go ahead and throw it out there for youth pastors listening to this and let them hear everything you have experience in doing. So when I first started, um, our our kids were adopted and my oldest was, uh, was nine or eight or nine when uh, she was eight, we met her. Um, and so when we started living with us, we wanted to find a church that had a youth program. And so we uh, came to the First United Methodist Church in Fairfield um, for, and Taylor joined the youth program. Initially, I would, uh, I was very much that hovering mother that I couldn't let her out of my sight. So I would go up there and, and I would just kind of be a volunteer in terms of I just was there and I sat back and I listened. I said, oh, I can't lead anything. I can't, oh, I don't know how to do that. Um, so I would just like be in the room uh, with one of the youth volunteers when they would do, well, so the way our youth, the way we were kind of set up is the kids would come upstairs, they'd have a whole group time and they would, and then um, we'd have a, depending on, sometimes there'd be a whole group lesson and sometimes there'd be breakout, breakout sessions. And 
So I kind of be, I was just present. I was just there. And then as the years progressed, uh, we started doing small groups. And uh, again, initially, I, I didn't feel comfortable leading the small group. I felt like I was not equipped to do that. So I was just, I would be in the in the room with the, with the, the other adult leading the small group. And um, as I started developing relationships with the kids and became more comfortable, um, over time, I transitioned and I became a youth, one of the, one of the small group youth leaders where we're leading the groups. Um, we would do different, um, sometimes we would work through a, a Bible study or a, a video series. Sometimes we would just bounce off things that the kids were interested in. Um, so I worked there, I did that. Um, and we, in our church, we've had a lot of transition of youth leaders, um, Prior to uh, prior to Brent coming, with us, we had um, a group of adults. We we were kind of without a youth leader, so we kind of took on and were a group of us leading, um, kind of just for a short time until Brent came back came in. And then after Brent left, he left us hanging high and dry. He was big shoes to fill, and so we struggled. And and uh, so again, another group of parents, we came in and we, we just kind of led the whole shebang for a while and we loved it. We were, we were rocking and rolling. Um, but you get tired when it's, it's hard to maintain when you're doing your full-time job, your full-time family and then, and doing that. And so then we made the decision we did to hire another youth director. And, um, so I've, I've got to help kind of mentor with youth directors and, um, I was on the SBR committee, so I got to help with the hiring process too. I actually got to help hire Brent. He was my best hire ever. <laughs> and uh, um, we, let's see, um, and then now we, I've, we kind of took a step back. My son, uh, he, um, just where he was at in life, he was involved, but he just kind of needed, I, we needed to step back a little bit for, for him. And so um, he continued coming and we would just kind of help support in terms of what do y'all need? What do you, you know, if you need something or if you need a sub or that kind of thing. And then now we've kind of gotten back in. I'm back now again, um, a, a youth leader. I've, I am now the high school, one of the high school small group uh, where I just came in on Wednesdays and on Wednesday evenings, we do this Wednesday small groups and, and uh, I'm with the high school girls. And so we've got a high school and a junior high girls, a high school and a, and a junior high boys class. We've got four classes going on. So that's, that's kind of awesome. right now. That's awesome. And so, like you said, you've, you've had plenty of experience. You've worked with plenty of different youth pastors. Um, and the thing is, is they're all, one of the things about youth, youth ministry is any youth pastor that comes into Fairfield where you are, they all had different ways of running things. They all had different programs, different ideas mm -hmm. of how stuff should be ran and everything like that. What has been your favorite thing about being a volunteer? Um, my favorite thing is very definitely building the relationships with the kids, um, being a part of their, their faith walk. Um, uh, that's, that's absolutely my favorite part. Um, I've enjoyed meeting a lot of the different youth directors and learning their different styles and, uh, getting to work with kids in a different way. I, I, as I said, I teach, but getting to work with these kids and, and connect with these kids and interact with them in a way that's um, a little bit more personal and uh, goes a little bit deeper. I've really enjoyed that. Yeah, definitely. So 
as a volunteer, you've obviously gone on trips before. Um, so mm -hmm. when you're asked to go on a trip, what is your preferred role? Do you like to be in the planning or do you just like to show up and go? Um, I like to, I think either, I enjoy both. Um, I'm a little bit more of a control freak, so I do kind of like being in the planning, not necessarily wanting me to be able to decide what we're doing and how, but I like kind of knowing um, what we're going to be doing and, and being able to throw my two cents in and, you know, and take it or leave it. And uh, I feel like when you have multiple people brainstorming together on trips like that, it seems like we've had better experiences because with anything, you know, you, know, you just get other perspectives and other thoughts that you might not come, you know, someone might not come to on their own. Um, I know for me, I, I like the input of somebody else giving me ideas. And so I enjoy being part of the planning because um, it also helps me kind of know what to expect. That said, I don't think it would bother me to just show up and go. I think it, you know, I think different and with the, some of the other volunteers I've worked with, you kind of have to read personalities. I mean, some, some, some of us are like me, they like to be in on more of the nuts and bolts of it. And some people just, just show up. Let me just show up. Let me just be there. I'll make sure they don't all, I'll make sure, sure nobody dies and we'll be good. <laughs> yeah. So what would be the benefits of, I guess, being more privy to the information as a volunteer? How does that help you, I guess, get into the situation, like get into the event that you're going into? How does that help you kind of, I guess, have the, most appropriate mindset for whatever that event is well when you're when we're going into an event if, if we've been privy to kind of the planning and the the purpose of what the event is and what the youth directors what their ultimate goal is that typically there's there's some kind of um there's a focus or a a, a purpose for what we're doing and when you know what that is and what, what the youth director is wanting to connect the kids to, then you're it's a whole lot easier to support that and be a part of that. Um, whether it's when we go in, you know, in a prior time or in small group time or, or even just in the moments of the, of the event, being able to draw, you know, Oh, this is a connection. I know that this would be, would be cool here and fit here with where we're going. So yeah. I think no, having kind of that, that, I'm sorry. No, you're good. I think having that, that, that just being, having that inside of what is the focus and the goal and what we're wanting the kids to connect to here helps as a, as a volunteer helps me support that and, and push that forward as well. Yeah, no, definitely. And so uh, I, I think this is a question that every youth pastor has at least thought of or at least dealt with in some scenario. Um, and so this is a question that I wanted to address as well from a volunteer's perspective, especially a volunteer that's a parent as well of a student in youth. Do you want to lead your own student? I think that is... There, there's not a simple answer to that. I think that every parent-child relationship is different. Um, with my oldest daughter, being a leader with her group, it worked. It was good, and it was um, it was positive for both of us. Uh, I'm like, no, 
we would no. He would not enjoy me being in there, and and I would be feel like I was more having to parent him than be a youth than being any kind of spiritual leader in that moment. Um, sure. And my other daughter was kind of in between. I think you have to look at each. I think you have to look at the. That's a question. That's a question that each parent and kind of has to to navigate themselves. And sometimes some parents may need some help navigating that. I think there are some parents who may want to be in with their kiddos, and maybe it'd be better if they weren't. The kids might not be as open. Uh, my yeah. oldest daughter was just one that she was. She just was very open with me, and so she was comfortable with that that dynamic and that relationship. Um, my middle one was kind of in between. There were times when she didn't mind if I was there, but there's times that she didn't. She would not have would not have opened up as much had I been her her you know the leader in, in that in that moment for her. Um, so I think you kind of have to look at. I think you have to ask first. You got to ask your parents where are you comfortable? Do you want to be with them? Do you not want to be with them? But I think as you know, youth leaders are also going to have to nav- navigate when you have those parents that do want to be in there with their kiddo and maybe encouraging. Hey, um, what if you were in this other group? And, and so that you can like maybe build some relationships, help help me out there. And that allows that kiddo to also have that time of independence. And because sometimes there are topics that come up that are pretty personal or, or touchy. And it's, it can be real hard as a parent not to want to, not to want to shift to parent mode. Or, sure. like then, you know, he's, he's very ADHD. And very hyper and it's very hard for me not to shift into disciplinarian when that's not what he's needing from me at that moment. Somebody else has got that that part covered, but it's hard for me to to balance that. So I yeah. think it's it's very dependent, I think, on the kids and the parents and the relationship between the two. Yeah. And even yeah. with my oldest that was comfortable, she needed that time sometimes too without me. And I think you have to recognize that they they need to have times where they're separate from their parents. Um, all sure. of them need that sometimes. Well, and I think from the other side, we I've definitely had students that are okay with their parents being in the room, but then there's a majority of the students that are like, please do not mm-hmm. let my parents go on this trip. Like, I will not go if my mom's a volunteer or whatever. <laughs> and so I think that there are, there are definitely students on both sides of that spectrum, mm-hmm. and I definitely think that there's a, uh, a time and a place for both. And I will say for the most part, I would, at least most of the youth pastors that I've talked to and most, I mean, even in my own regard, I definitely lean towards um, the side of not letting parents um, be responsible for their own group because Mm -hmm. of that line. It's really, really hard to drop being a parent at the door and Mm -hmm. be their spiritual leader as is the rest of the kids in that room as well at the same time. Um, it's hard to not treat your kid differently. It's hard to not treat your kid uh, when they say something that like you normally would get onto them or something to that nature, uh, all these different things. It's really, really hard to stop being the disciplinarian at the door when you do it and you're responsible for it everywhere else you go. And so I, I definitely would agree that there's a lot of parents that struggle with that, but I do see the value of having that relationship Um, And having that foster system of like fostering that relationship spiritually, not just um, as a mom or dad, but also like, hey, my mom is actively involved 
in the youth group that I go to, um, I get to see her live out her faith on a regular basis. And not only do I get to, all of my friends that also go to this youth group get to see what um, example and what model she is. And um, at, at very least, it hopefully sparks them to want to do the same. At very most, hopefully it allows them to spark um, the conversation with their parents of like, hey, you know, like I've, I've seen them do this. Like, how can you get involved? How can you right. like, how can we start doing this together? Or how can we start um, serving as a family or something to that nature? And maybe conversations start with that as well, which would be super important. So something else that I, that I thought of that was kind of neat as going through with my kids that built my relationship with even with my own children was not being with them, but being with another group of kids and my children seeing other kids be able to connect and, and have build that relationship with me. I think sometimes kind of opened my own kids eyes to, Oh, mom's not just a mom. There's, there's another side of her out there and sometimes made them more comfortable then to come and okay, well, Oh, you kind of handled that well with those guys. Maybe, you know, those kids, maybe you can, you'll be okay handling it with me. So, yeah, that's a great point. That's a really good point. So um, obviously some great questions, but what is the most challenging obstacle for you as a volunteer? But I want to approach this from two different sides. Um, What is the most challenging obstacle for you as a volunteer from the student side and from the youth pastor side? So like address like most challenging obstacle when it comes to students as a volunteer and most challenging obstacle from the youth pastor as it comes as a, from a volunteer? Um, student side, I think the most challenging aspect is, you know, sometimes in, in this, in, as a teacher, I experience it, you know, you never want to say this, but the, the truth is sometimes there are personalities that just don't, you don't connect with as well and, and, and learning, you know, how to navigate that and how to work with kids that are very different from your own and how to, um, kids who have been, uh, um, that, that can sometimes be hard. The kids side for me is the, is the least challenging. Um, but I think that's the hardest thing is sometimes what, you know, how to, uh, navigate somebody else's kid, especially when, you know, you're, you're not necessarily in a, Yes, you're supervising because you're there, but it's it's kind of a different kind of relationship than it is. It's not school. It's not something like that. And so navigating just sometimes the behaviors, I guess, will be the biggest thing. Sometimes navigating those those kid behaviors as a volunteer. Where is my role? What? How do? How can I? Um, what are my? What's the the framework I can work within to deal with this? And and. Uh, but I guess that would be the hardest thing for me as, as, as a youth volunteer. Um, that said, you know, being a teacher in, in a small town, a lot of these kids I've grown up with, they've been in my classrooms. And so that's helped me. But that is sometimes when the ones that come in that I don't know is like, just, just navigating that side of it without pushing those kids, wanting them wanting to leave then. Sure. You know, keeping them connected and involved. Uh, but yet we've got to have some, we want to be relaxed. We want to have a good time, but, keeping that um, control and that order and knowing how to navigate that with kids that are not um, your own or maybe that you don't know as well or that you don't 
click with as quickly as you might some other ones. And so getting over that. Yeah, so a question to follow up with that, how can youth pastors come alongside to support that in a way that would be beneficial? Um, I think if one recognizing that, that, that that's there and it's not a, for me as an adult, like I feel extreme guilt if there's a kiddo that I just don't care for. You know, that bothers me, especially the scenario of this is a church church situation. This is a, we're, we're trying to build these kids' faith. And so there's a kid that I'm, I shouldn't say not care for. That's not it, but don't click with. And I'm struggling with and knowing how to interact with. So a youth director, or you, being able to, to see that and, and one, help me as, you know, just support me. Like, okay, help me. Just step in with me. Hey, and kind of give that support of let's get this, you know, if there's a behavior situation under control or maybe recognize, hey, how about you work with this group over here and I'll, I'll take this group. I sound like I have kids I don't get along with very often. That's not it. But there's those few rare occasions when it's just that, that difficult kiddo that their personality sure. doesn't necessarily mesh with mine or or another volunteer, you know. It just happens. So that that has been the hardest thing for me. And I think just one, a youth director recognizing recognizing it and um, that there's that support of okay, let's maybe find ways to build that relationship and, and help connect. Because yeah. hopefully we have to find those relationships, build those relationships. We have to connect with all of them because every single kid there is just as important as every other kid, whether our personalities jive or not. So that's non-negotiable. Yeah. They've got to feel loved and accepted and wanted and so helping um but if there is a moment where it's where those frustrations are building a youth director being able to step in and, and kind of divert would be that would probably be the sure. easiest most helpful so thing. come in come in from a side of encouragement first and yes. foremost support you but then also maybe help you find the common ground between y'all yes to where y'all yes. have conversation points and starters that mm -hmm. you can start working on fostering that relationship. And if it still doesn't go from there, then working to divert the situation yes. to where maybe they'd be, maybe they would work better in a different group or maybe for a season you, that specific leader moves out mm -hmm. of that specific small group or something to that nature. Yeah, that's right. all great, great thoughts. And I think that that's something that is fairly easy to do. And I mean, finding that common ground is really, really important. Um, and sometimes when you are the person trying to find the common ground, it's really, really hard to find. Mm -hmm. um, and so coming alongside your volunteers and supporting them in that process would be great. Now for the knife in the chest, though, <laughs> what is the most challenging obstacle for you as a volunteer from the side of the youth pastor? The most challenging times I've had with youth pastors, and I can say it wasn't with you, Brent, is lack of communication. <laughs> I just, you know, not, not having that communication, not having that relationship, not being able to, to come and say, I am struggling with this kid. I need some help here or not being, or not even really knowing what's going on and what is your purpose or, or, you know, okay, you're telling me to go over here and do this, but what is it you're wanting me to do or you're not happy with what I was doing, but you haven't given me just that lack of communication. I like to know what, what is expected of me? What are you needing from me? What do you want from me? What do you not want? Um, but if you're, 
I sure. also feel like if as as a volunteer, if you know you want us, if you want volunteers to come in and give their time and their energies and their and their hearts, then then there has to be a willingness to also allow those volunteers to be a part of some of the planning and being a part of some of the um, problem solving and being a part of all that because we're the ones you know right there with you in the trenches and so we want to be able to it, it can't be a dictatorship and so when yeah. or a um, just a wall there between the two it's, we, there's got to be that relationship between the volunteers and the youth director and, and that communication the open communication and that dialogue where back and forth so where you where the youth director can say to me hey Stephanie you know I think maybe hey next time can we do xyz instead or hey maybe maybe try this or um or just say hey can you can you do this for me instead of just makes this me just being expected to know and at the same time me being able to come to the youth director and say hey i don't really understand why are we doing this or oh hey i've got this idea can i share it with you um and having that, being able to have that dialogue and that relationship, I think is critical because when the communication breaks down and that dialogue and that relationship's not there, then your your volunteers are going to want to go to the house. They're, you know. Yeah. Yeah, communication's a big deal. And we've talked about it a, a couple times on this podcast already because if you're not effectively communicating what you're wanting done, what your mission for the youth group is, all of the different things that you're supposed to very, very like, vividly communicate throughout your job if you're not doing those not only are you going to lose volunteers you're going to lose students you're going to lose support from your church um you're going to lose all kinds of things mm -hmm. and then there's a real good tendency of people just saying oh well they just didn't like me and it's like well no you need to turn the mirror at yourself first what possible items were you doing that caused people to disappear because I think if you immediately just jump to the negativity side of when, especially one of the things that you said just a second ago, the like, Hey, like I noticed we did this. Can we talk about this? I don't think this went over well. That's not an attack nine times out of 10. That's a, Hey, I want to see you succeed in the future. And this didn't seem like that was a good idea. Um, but having those opportunities, having those moments um, to where you can have those conversations with your volunteers, which honestly are the lifeblood of your ministry, you can't do ministry effectively over a group of like 15 kids without volunteers pouring into your program. So you have to communicate with them well. Um, you have to be able to have open conversations, um, but you also have to share life with them. Um, and I think that was one of the things that has definitely affected my relationship with volunteers the most over my years of youth ministry is that most of the time when we have youth uh, volunteers, they're not just, Hey, we'll see you on Wednesday. I talk to them regularly throughout the week. We, I try to eat lunch with my volunteers. Um, uh, I try to do a bunch of different things to where I'm also checking in on them because uh, for the youth pastors listening to this, if you're not checking in on your volunteers, you don't know when they're in a season of burnout. You don't know when they just had a real, real crappy week at work and they're walking in to Wednesday night with a really, really heavy heart and a bad attitude. You have to be able to prepare and plan for those things. You have to be able to prep and take care of your volunteers because they are effectively taking care of the students that you are entrusted with. And so your job as the volunteers just as much, if not more than the students, because you've entrusted those volunteers to be there 
to take care of the students because you can't take care of them all once your group gets over a certain size. So communication, I, I think that that's, if I polled a bunch of volunteers, I'm pretty sure communication would be top of the chart um, just because it is an issue. And a lot of people throw it to, well, we just communicate differently and stuff like that. It's no, find a way that works and communicate well, think, that way. And I think you kind of nailed it a minute ago too. Communication, there are people do communicate very differently. And just like sometimes it's hard to connect with a kiddo who has a very different personality. A youth director has to be one of the, I would say one of the biggest things that a youth director has to be able to do is deal with all types of personalities, not just in your kids, but in your volunteers. You're going to have volunteers who are, who are control freaks. You're going to have volunteers who are uh, very laid back. You're going to have volunteers who are, you know, hit or miss showing up. You're going to have volunteers who are they're your ride or die. And being able to work with all of those, some who have a lot to say and a lot of input and some don't have any and being able to, to mesh all of that together. But I think you nailed it a minute ago, is that relationship. You build that relationship outside of that Wednesday night time. You know, when you were, when you were here, you know, we would, we would do dinner and you did, you made sure we would go, you know, go get lunch or go have dinner or whatever to connect one on how's it go with youth, but also just on a personal level. And if, if, I have that relationship with you on a personal level that I'm going to be able to um, communicate with you a whole lot better. And there's a whole lot, when you have that relationship, there's grace that can be given a whole lot more freely both directions when you have that relationship and you have an understanding of each other. Without that relationship and that communication breakdown and you're not understanding the other person and where they're coming from, there's a lot of misconceptions and, and resentments start to build up and walls go, but then it's, it becomes a train wreck. And so that relationship, yeah. I think, is critical to building that communication. No, I wholeheartedly agree. I think it's very, very important. And if you are a youth pastor listening to this and you notice that, like, this might be something to do, you got to start somewhere. And basically what you – the best way to effectively reach out and start with communication is just literally start meeting with your leaders one-on-one. -on -one. Find a, find something you can do, start with your leaders, move to your parents. Um, and both of those are assuming that your pastor's already on board. If your pastor's not on board, you need to sit down with your pastor first. You need to communicate with your pastor, then move to your volunteers, then move to your parents. Because more than likely you've already connected with your students and that has already happened because that's your job. But the thing is, is your job doesn't stop at students. Your job is a little bit of everything um, with students thrown in. And so be very, very mindful of that. Um, and then finally, this could go hand in hand with what we just said, or you might have a completely different direction to go with this. If you could give advice to a youth pastor, what would you say? Um, I would say definitely, definitely we reach reaching out to other youth, youth pastors who have experience and have had success, I think build those relationships, relationship, relationship, relationships with your kids, with your youth volunteers, with your parents, with your, with your pastor, with your, and even beyond to your church members outside of um, your volunteer group within your church. I think building those relationships, uh, reaching out, let your church know what your kids are doing. Um, I think that Sometimes that gets forgotten. And I think there's a lot of people who are not involved with the youth group, but they want to know what their youth in their church are doing. 
So find those ways to communicate out to the church. What are, what are the youth doing and how are they growing? And um, I think that's, that's huge. Um, but I just think, you know, just I, I, the biggest thing I would say is building those relationships and keeping that community, those lines of communication open. So. Yeah, no, I, I think that's very, very much a big thing. Um, and ultimately it's going to make you a better youth pastor. It's going to make you a better leader. Um, and hopefully, um, it gets you on the start to a long lasting career at a church, um, because that's super important. And so if you can communicate, you can stay at a church for a long time because everybody that needs to be in the know is in the know. Um, and it's super, super important to do that. So Stephanie, it's been amazing. Loved having you on. Um, <laughs> it's been it's been a fun little bit. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, you've realized that her background changed. We had to do a stop in the middle of it, um, just for the sake of we had some technical difficulties with some internet connections and all that fun stuff. But how? Lastly, uh, how can people connect with you if they want to talk more? Um, if they wanted to reach out to you about this episode, um, how can people find you? Uh, Facebook, I am, we're, oh gosh, Brent, what are we? John and Stephanie Thorne? Yeah. <laughs> or, um, One of the many, many <laughs> couples that share a Facebook. Oh, only because he won't get off mine. So I'm like, if you're going to post someone, you're going to put your name so they know it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or my email, um, uh, stephanie.thorn9595 at gmail.com and those are probably the easiest ways to reach me all right and as normal we'll have those in the show notes on our website um, where you can uh, find both of those to reach out if you'd like to talk to stephanie a little bit more um but stephanie it's been amazing i love you i love your heart for students love that you have not only been in it for well Let's see. Will's going to be, he's going to be, he's 16, going to be 17. So you are on year 16, 17 of your 18 year cycle. Um, and what, what a ride it has been, but what a blessing you've been to so many different kids, um, across the way. So thank you for what you've done. Thank you for being one of my rock star volunteers when I was at your church. And, uh, thank thank you. you for the, thank you for the content today. Well, thank you. And thank you for your heart for kids. My kids, my girls still, you are talked about often. Yeah. Fondly. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, if you are listening to this, we hope that this conversation has been insightful, encouraging, and it equips you to be a better student pastor. And we will see you next week. Hey, that's all we have for this show. If you're a frequent listener of our podcast, all we ask is that you do your part to get our podcast out to the greater student ministry audience. Share our podcast with your youth pastor friends on social media or tag a specific episode that really stood out to you. Either way, be sure to tag us in the post on your favorite platform by using at Talk Student Men. Finally, if you'd like to be on our show in the future, reach out to us on social media or send us an email podcast at studentministryconversations.org and we'd love to set up a time where you can come on the show with us. We hope that you have a great week and we'll see you next time.